the end of the term is right around the corner. And I'm wondering if you can relate to this scenario from when I was teaching. It was like the night before grades are due or grades are due at like noon the following day. And I am frantically trying to grade projects. And like, quite honestly, there's some projects that I decide like last minute that I'm just going to get rid of all the scores. Like that assignment just doesn't matter anymore. Now the end of the term or when you have parent-teacher conferences, whenever there's a deadline, it seems like grading gets that much more stressful and you can be way more overwhelmed because there is a lot on your plate. Maintaining or increasing enrollment. Staying on top of ever-changing content. Incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. For today's episode, I wanted to highlight an article or a blog post that I recently read, and it was written by another teacher. Her name is Megan Faherty, and she is actually a social studies teacher, but she had some great ideas, and I just wanted to put the CTE twist and perspective on some of the thoughts that she had. Her blog is titled, Get Your Grading Under Control with These Seven Mental Shifts and Habits. And I will include the link in the show notes if you would like to read her perspective. But once again, I wanted to give you the CTE perspective. Now, I'm not going to go over all seven of them. They were all great, and I felt like they really could apply to you as a CTE teacher. But I'm going to highlight three of them for sake of time because I want this to be short and sweet. And also the three that I felt are the most impactful as a teacher and also from that admin perspective. So the first shift that she talks about or that she names, she says, if you don't have time to grade it, students don't have time to learn from it. This is when I might get on my soapbox a little bit. Let's be honest. If you have an assignment that you cannot get graded fast enough and have that timely feedback for your students before they turn in another assignment, how are they going to learn? They learn from your feedback. And if you have some assignment or some project that is taking so much of your time that you can't actually turn around in a good amount of time so they can get that feedback, is the assignment even worth it? So I, unfortunately, I see this a lot and I see it a lot in CTE because there are a lot of teachers who put together these awesome rubrics that we're actually going to talk about a little bit later in this episode, but they put together these rubrics and they really want to give feedback on every single little tiny thing in whatever project that a student has just turned in. And that actually isn't really beneficial. So the key thing on here and this is a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, is assign less work. It's better for you and it's better for your students because you want quality over quantity. Now, there might be some shifts that you can also make when it comes to this idea of grading based on what you have actually assigned. So for example, 
Jared, my welding teaching husband, he has students weld. So they have to pass off various welds. And when he first started teaching, he would have them practice their welds on their coupons and then they would turn them into a bucket at the end of the school day or the end of the class period. And then he would spend hours upon hours after the school day and grading them and entering everything in. Well, those students actually had to wait until they saw what was entered into the computer to actually get feedback. And I know you can access your grades online, but let's be real, they don't. So they need to have more realistic, more frequent, and quicker responses to their feedback. So he actually adjusted it. And what he does now is the students actually come up to him during class and they show him their weld. And then he grades it on the spot in front of them and then has a discussion with them as to why he graded it a certain way. And he'll actually turn students down and turn them away if they're not producing the work that he expects them and the level that he expects for that particular weld. This is not only saving him time, but it's saving the students time too, because they can go right back to the booth and make those minor adjustments and then come back still in the same class period and try then to get a better score. With this shift as well, it really helps to understand how long it will actually take you to grade that assignment. So if you need to have some sort of mock assignment that you create yourself and then you time yourself so that you know how long it takes, that is going to be the best. So the next shift that I want to talk about is put grading on your to-do list when you assign it. That way you are already planning on the amount of time and that you will need to incorporate it into your daily tasks so that you get that done during the school day. If you don't already have a process for making sure that you can schedule tasks throughout the school day and throughout your prep period so that you actually get things done, be sure to check out my free guide, The Five Steps for Getting Things Done During the School Day. I'll have a link in the show notes, but it's at kristenmasick.com forward slash get things done. The great thing about this shift is when you're actually assigning things and writing it on the to-do list that you kind of, you remember all of the things that you are going to need to grade. And it can kind of help you step back a little bit because you know how much time you have and you know how long things are going to take to grade because hopefully you followed shift one that you're not over assigning things so that in the end, you will be the one who's working really hard to make sure that the grades are updated and on time for those things like parentage conference and the end of the term. The final shift that I want to talk about here, which is actually ends up being her shift seven, is reduce dithering about points and decision fatigue. So decision fatigue is a real thing, especially when you are grading 180 to 200 assignments of the same thing. And especially if you're doing some sort of project that's really large. When I was grading my floor plans, they would take forever. It wasn't quite as much, I would imagine, as like an English teacher grading like a seven page paper. But there were a lot of things that I was grading and assessing. And mainly it's because I had a crazy rubric. And 
here's the key to really good rubrics is that they have to be really definitive from one point to the next. So if you are doing a four point rubric and you have something where you need so many pictures on a slide. So you can say if they have one picture, then they get one point. If they have two pictures, they get two points. If they have three pictures, they get three and four pictures or more, they get four points. So you make it really easy to definitively figure out what that score is. What you want to avoid is vague terms like student had most of the assignment completed or they had some of the aspects. The more clear and objective that you can be within that rubric, the easier it is going to be to grade. The other thing too is don't have something out of like nine points per line on your rubric because that gets really hard and wishy-washy as far as now you have to take that one standard or that you're looking for and you have to break it into nine different chunks. So try to create the most compact rubric as possible. And then the other thing too is once again, you've got to remember, you've got to go through this in enough time to give students feedback. What is going to be the best feedback that that they're going to use and what's going to help them the most on final assessments or in their life later on? One thing that I've learned about rubrics, and I've learned it from English teachers, is that I always thought that they would grade the entire paper in its entirety. And I guess some of them do. But to save time, one common thing that they do is they just look for one thing in their five paragraph essays. Maybe they are just looking for capitalization. They are just looking for one thing. So if I were grading my floor plans, I could look just at the dimensions and whether or not they had all the dimensions. And maybe I'm even only looking at the exterior dimensions instead of the interior dimensions. So think about maybe what is the one thing for you to be looking at at that time. And then you can assess just that one thing as you're going through their projects. And this can really help you too when you're giving formative feedback during class. If they're working on a project that's taking several days and they're doing it in class, then let them know, hey, today I am coming around and I am looking specifically at the lighting within your photographs. So that's all I'm going to be focusing on as I come around. And that's all I'm going to be giving feedback on. There might be some other things that you need to fix, but I'm not going to spend that much time on everything else, just the one focus. And that will really help you speed things up and it will help you do things during the class period rather than waiting to assess that after school and getting into your non-contract hours. As you go into the rest of the school year, I hope that you can incorporate some of these mental shifts with grading to ease your load and make the feedback process and the grading process a lot better for you and your students. So let's review the shifts that we spoke about today. Starting with, if you don't have time to grade it, students don't have time to learn from it. The next one is put grading on your to-do list when you assign it, 
and that way it doesn't sneak up on you. And finally, reduce dithering about points and decision fatigue and really modify those rubrics so they work for you and they help save you time, which is what they're meant to do rather than uh, making it take way longer than it should for you to assess and give feedback to your students. Is there a shift that you are ready to make today? And if so, send me a DM on Instagram and let's chat about it. I want to hear what you are planning on working on and how it's going to help lessen your load as a CTE teacher. You can find me at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.